All right, with that, we'll start. Uh, so guys, welcome to the uh, first ever, uh, what are we calling this, the Canoe, canoe Learns? Canoe um, Learns Together. Canoe Learns oh. Together, yeah. So this is something that's going to take the place of our uh, Wednesday meeting. Uh, it's going to be every week, and we're just going to have a topic where we're going to have a discussion about things related to community management. We'll try to keep it fresh and interesting every week. Uh, the format uh, is still kind of up in the air and kind of being determined. And uh, I appreciate any feedback after uh, today's first session uh, so that we can have a productive, open and educational kind of experience here. So with that said, you know, the expectation here is, is pretty open. Uh, I'm going to set kind of a, the, the framework uh, in terms of incentives, the discussion that I hope to have, and then tell a story about a conversation that I had yesterday that really blew my mind and kind of, me, kind of made me rethink expectations or sorry, incentivizations. So um, feel free to uh, add comments, feedback, and provide uh, your insights because that's what this is all about. We're trying to take our experiences, share them together as community leaders so that we can better grow our communities. With that said, let's dive in. So, as you know me, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in incentives being a part of community. I don't think it's, it's fair for uh, people to participate or contribute to DAOs uh, and not be compensated. And I also think it's really important for the DAO to really want to compensate its members uh, and incentivize them to contribute to the well-being of the DAO. And incentives don't always have to be monetary. You don't always have to incentivize people with Ethereum or whatever the, the DAO token is. There's other ways to do it. There, there's, there's badges, there's recognition, there's moderator status. Um, there's just telling the community that this person did a great job this week, just making them feel loved, right? There's a lot of ways to do that. So when I had this conversation yesterday, it really blew my mind because at my heart and at my core, I always thought that uh, direct incentivization was the best way to motivate. And after hearing this story, I, I, it made me rethink things. So yesterday, I had a conversation with the community manager of a protocol called Pi Network. And I had never heard of Pi Network. And they made this outrageous claim that they had 25 million members. I, I, I found it preposterous that I'd never heard of this community and they had 25 million members. So I did my own homework and I, I dug in and sure enough, they had probably more than 25 million members. And they had the, the idea behind this protocol is a, uh, an app that mines on your phone. Uh, you, you just simply turn it on every day and it mines this currency called Pi. Uh, and then the longer you've been there, the more Pi you have and you have to do it once a day and it mines for 24 hours. And there's some other ways to kind of expedite your, your mining, whether you're uh, an early contributor or whatever it may be. So they have right now over 25 million members with 50 different languages being spoke and they have not raised a dollar and they do not, most of their, uh, actually all of their community efforts are volunteers. I my mind was blown. They're not paying anyone to manage a community of 25 million people in, in 50 different languages. So when I spoke to this community manager, I, I said, honestly, this is a case study. How did you do it? W what made you guys able to grow this community so large with zero funding, funding very little, little incentivization, and what was your magic sauce? And he said to me something that made me think. He said that people believe. 
people believe in the project. They believe that this is going to one day monetarily pay off for them. They're that big of believers that they're willing to work, some of them nearly full time, to help manage the project. And I, I had to take a second and think. Because I've always believed that and directly incentivizing people for their contributions was the best way. Now I'm looking at a community bigger than anything I've ever seen, doing things I've never seen before. And I'm wondering to myself, are there other ways to incentivize people to get involved in communities that aren't directly related to direct incentives and compensation? And if so, how can we implement that in our communities? So with that said, I want to open the, the floor up to a conversation here. And I want to hear from you guys about incentivization ideas that you've had that are both um, uh, good, bad, and also ways to get people to contribute without incentivizing them. And what you've seen that's worked and what hasn't worked. And as community managers, what you've implemented and has been successful, but hasn't been successful. And as community members, what you've seen that's made you upset, or made you eager to contribute. So with that said, I kind of want to open the floor up and get your feedback on both the story and kind of incentives in general. I must say I'm very curious about how do they make those incentives because uh, that's definitely crazy. Like, I mean, uh, we can look at other educational groups and every kind of educational initiative that has volunteers and, and such. And there are always some incentives, but well, it never, go, it never goes that big, so I'm pretty curious. Uh, on my side, I'll bring something as a member, and that is from the first time I joined uh, TileDAO. When I joined TileDAO, I was pretty psyched, knew nothing about crypto, had no crypto in my hand or my wallet, and I did a GIF. I only, did, I only made a GIF for tiles for marketing because I thought, well, this looks cool. Uh, let's make a GIF for this. And Mius from Wagmi Studios saw the GIF, thought it was nice, and I dropped me some tile tokens. Uh, it wasn't like a lot of tile tokens. I don't remember how much it was. But the thought of having any currency, any coin in the like the week I joined for doing something, I was having fun. So I engaged naturally and got rewarded for engaging. That was like one of the first big moments on crypto that I was like, okay, uh, this space can be a place where I do stuff I like and I do get uh, rewarded for this. And I didn't even have the clarity that Tile tokens could be tra transformed in ETH and ETH could be transformed in Fiat. So. It was mostly like, okay, I got something. I got, re I got recognition, like, and people saw my work and said, nice work, and I got something for that. No, doesn't matter what it is, I have proof of appreciation, and that was, that was one of the big ones on my starting in crypto. Interesting, Z. So what I got from you there, um, you. You received recognition for your work. You got proof of appreciation. But more importantly, you were doing something that you liked to do. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. And I, I think that proof of appreciation is a nice word. Let me. Yeah. And just, just, to, just to clarify, this, this group, uh, Pi Network, never gave any type of bounties, never gave any type of additional coins. People that were helping were only helping out of the willingness to help. Uh, the only way you could get coins 
was having um, mining them or having someone send them to you. The, the Pi Network never set up like a payment thing or a uh, bounties or any type of quests to earn additional ones. Does anyone else have any examples of things that they like, dislike? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely kind of piggyback on what Zug was saying because I'm not a technical person at all. So a lot of the DAOs that I join and participate in um, are kind of what I would call surface level. But I think just deep down, ultimately, people want to be acknowledged for, you know, any kind of work they're doing. And like it doesn't like you said it doesn't have to be monetarily it could literally be a hey thank you so much for chiming in on this conversation or helping plan this event or whatever it may be and i think that's where a lot of like really large DAOs kind of fall short and where you guys as community managers are so important because you can kind of keep track and and recognize and um reach out to those people who you can kind of feel that are like really trying to get in. They don't know where they fit, but um, are participating in the ways that they know how. Because um, like all the DAOs that I've joined, I don't join because I think I'm going to get paid. It's because they're spaces and places that I find interest in and want to be a part of. If I get, you know, some tokens thrown at me, whether it's like tipping or whatever it is. For me, that's just an added bonus. So I'm, I'd be curious to find, it's more of like a social experiment of like what type of people are the type of people who join these organizations, DAOs and don't like expect like a, a, a dollar amount of validation. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I, think, I think it depends on the DAO too. You said uh, a lot of the ones you're joining are service DAOs. I think the type of individual and the type of DAO that they join may set some type of expectation. Um, if you see a DAO with revenue streams and people are putting together a product, there may be an expectation that if you contribute, you're, you're you know, receiving something for that contribution. Whereas if it's a social cause, maybe you're doing it out of you know, the goodness of your heart or because yeah. of like no, actually, most of the DAOs I've been a part of are a pro are product DAOs. I'm not going to like throw names out, but, you know, just being a part of like planning large events and executing things taking place, you know, in other cities and states. Like I do them because I enjoy doing them and, you know, planning is what I'm good at and that's what I can do. But I never like... I never will volunteer for a role expecting that, like, oh, I'm going to get paid for this. And maybe that's, maybe that's because web free is very new to me too. And maybe that is like how people, um, it's a maybe an unspoken thing that like, oh, I, I can get paid to be a part of these larger DAOs who might have more money that they can kind of throw around. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm still learning this space. I'm very fresh to it. Yeah, I, I think all of us are very fresh. And I think that's kind of part of the beauty of all this. I think a lot of what's being done in DAOs um, is a lot of trial and error. Uh, mm -hmm. you're, seeing, you're seeing various DAOs become more successful and people try to replicate that and iterate off of it just to find the right recipe. And I think that recipe really varies from community to community. Com community to community. I think the goal of a community manager should be able to, should be to find the right recipe for the community so that you get the feeling that you've described when you go into these DAOs of like, you know, I, I want to contribute. I want to be a part of this because that's something I enjoy or that's who I am or what I believe in. Now, I also think there's another side to it. If, if the DAO is making money off of contributions and not fairly, um, you know, fairly incentivizing or rewarding their members. I think there's a problem there too, but maybe there's a happy medium somewhere. 
Yeah, I think the ones where there are some that don't have like a strong lead coming from maybe like the creator or founder. So kind of just to, you know, full circle, that's where I think, you know, the, a good community manager can take that role over. Um, I, I do think it's super important. Let me ask you another question. I, when you were talking, you mentioned um, keeping track of people's contributions. I think that's really important, but I'm wondering how have you seen it done effectively and how do you do that at scale? Um, I don't necessarily mean like um, a spreadsheet of like what someone's done, but you know, while you're watching things unfold and create if someone does something that might not be on like a core group or you haven't heard from them or seen them much just saying like oh the like because it i will say for people new to spaces it can be kind of intimidating to jump in in the middle of something um if it feels like there's already a good flow in a DAO. So for someone new to come in, contribute, even if it's just making a comment, like acknowledging that in the moment is, is more what I mean, opposed to like keeping track of what people are doing. Is that Got it. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, following up on that, it's funny you mentioned um, uh, kind of the flow of a DAO. Um, because one thing I've experienced is wanting to participate in a DAO mm -hmm. and not really feeling like I understand that flow right away and not knowing how to kind of contribute uh, in a meaningful way right off the bat. Um, have you experienced that? And if so, what did you do or how did you overcome it? Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, also just being a female in a very male dominated space, it's even, there's like a whole extra level of intimidation in some of these. Um, and ultimately when I like- oh, I totally, I, I totally agree with, with, with you on, on that male dominated uh, thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it can, it can be challenging, but I also find that the DAOs that I've started to, like, gravitate to and participate in are, like, there's either a few people already in it who I've built relationships with via other communities, or it's just something that I, I finally am like, no, I know my opinion here like is valid and counts and matters there's no reason for me to not just go ahead and dive in because ultimately like what's what's really the worst that's going to happen and if i don't like the vibe afterwards then i'll just leave it's like no harm no foul kind of thing um it's really just ultimately starting to trust that what i have to say isn't dumb or in irrelevant um and I'm choosing the right spaces to participate. And what, what can come from community that makes you feel that way faster? Because I, I, I'm here thinking like, uh, we have, we're working right now around coordinate, uh, mm -hmm. that is incentives for contributors, uh, for constant contributors to get rewarded in mm -hmm. project tokens for their uh, mutual recognition between contributors. Uh, we're working with with TipCC to create a way that core team uh, can reward new members that are working and helping. But then there is also incentivizing someone who's still one step uh, further from from engaging. That is feeling comfortable and validated and knowing we want like you're here you think differently we value your opinion speak you like it's no 
not a problem that you think differently. Please be part. Please engage. We want to hear you, even if it's like you think it may be dumb. Nothing is dumb. Just ask. How how do you think it's possible to incentivize this kind of behavior? Because I find it very hard to do so without being like a one-to-one. Like we, we could like DM everyone that joins a server, but that has right. limitations. Right. Uh, that's a, I think that's a, that's like the million dollar question, right? You know, I think um, it definitely gets more challenging as the size of a DAO grows because people just get lost. Um, but I think for smaller DAOs, it's really that first moment of onboarding where they're really just felt like they really feel welcomed and I mean it could literally be I know like the the generated DMs a lot of people will just delete um and or are closed but I would say it's really just reaching out to as many people as possible and then maybe if you know they finally do chime in on something following back up and saying like hey we really appreciate that comment it kind of feels to me like, oh, maybe you're interested in doing X. Is there anything I can like connect you with or to to make you feel um, more open to contributing? I don't know. I do feel like community management is just relationship management, right? So it's just finding the appropriate way to reach out and connect with people. And if they don't want to be connected with, then they won't. So um, I don't know. I have to think about that a little bit more. Zombie, there's something you said that I, uh, I wrote down because I did not want to forget it. And you were talking about if, you know, you didn't like the vibe or you contributed and you just you know, didn't like the community, you just leave. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, wow, you know, now the onus is on the community to keep the member, not the member to be kept by the community. Oh, kind 100%. Of like, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it just... It's very web three and it's, it's kind of uh, formation here, but I don't, I don't think as, as much as I knew that, I didn't realize that. Like the community should be bending over backwards for its members, uh, not vice versa. Yeah, I mean, because it's like you're saying with the Pi DAO, they're all volunteers. So cracking that code of like, I guess I don't really know, I don't understand what it is they do, but code of like how 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 do the people doing the work they're doing continue to do so and why um because there's so many other places you can go to try and join a community um, i also find that like the really large DAOs are kind of daunting so that's bonkers to me that they have that many members it's it's quite insane, and there's absolutely no organization to it at all. This wild it's crazy to think how those big spaces uh, work with so like it's a lot of there's a lot of people, and there is some kind of structure, but there's like no real clear onboarding or incentive or anything it's just oh we're doing something awesome enough and we just want very technical people in so they just do it uh it's it's difficult to join and they use that as filter that's as itself like uh it's it's weird for me to think it that way because in general i want to do things the more accessible as possible like I'm, I'm brazilian most of my friends don't don't have a perfect english so mm-hmm. uh when i want when i think of people being able to join like i meet someone and it's like a very smart person and i want them to be able to contribute in a community i know it has to be very step by step so they can get up to speed uh and it's weird how big like there are lots of big communities that don't have that that's just crazy to see that it, it still works like communities right now are in my opinion communities in general in web3 are are pretty bad like we yeah. haven't solved communities uh, like, but go on yeah can you hear me it's just that i'm i'm yeah we're here. 
I'm on a train and you know <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have a lot of bandwidth. Well, I have a I've had this experience that you're uh, speaking about uh, about like a joining like a huge DAO with lots of members. This DAO has two separate discords. One is for you know all things related to the to their currency, and the other one is only for work. And even though I have just only joined the work Discord, uh, it's been overwhelming. It's been confusing. I've been contributing there for a month now, and I am about to leave. I am about to leave because um, I, you know, Scott, you were you were talking about, or you were asking this Pi Network um, community manager was the secret sauce. I think that uh, definitely the the secret sauce to accomplish this kind of community is uh, is is getting people to connect with uh, a great purpose, like a, something that's like this really big vision is really rational and uh, you know, and this is the first uh, the the first part like getting people to connect with that vision and that a strong purpose but then the second phase is to is to get people to feel belonging i think belonging yeah. is the is the is the is what creates the magic if you feel that you belong to a space uh you're part of that space and when you feel that you are part of that space and that you are actively contributing to make that big vision happen you can uh, of course work with no uh, monetary or financial incentives because mm -hmm. there's a uh, incentive <laughs> that you are that is pushing you forward and this is my my this is what i think and for example uh, i i have um, i I didn't join Canudao to get paid, uh, and in the beginning, I was feeling very um, like a, yeah. I'm also very new to the space and everything, and I was feeling kind of uh, you know just to see you know how things were going to roll. But what I really appreciated in the beginning was the thank yous. Uh, you know, like uh, I felt seen, if you know what I mean, like. Uh, it was very small tasks, but I always received acknowledgement and gratitude. And that was really, really important. And that kept me uh, here, right? And uh, in my case, as I said, I also had this uh, other incentive that, was, that I was also learning. This DAO helped me learn, learn a lot of things. So that was another kind of incentive. Uh, so, uh, since I received uh, acknowledgement and I, I also was lear learning, I was giving, but I, I was also receiving. I still didn't expect uh, to get uh, any other kind of uh, payment, right? And uh, this is my, my experience. Nabi, that was, that was awesome. I was actually going to ask you, how to feel uh, how does someone feel like they belong because you mentioned that was step two and i think you just nailed it right there uh acknowledgement gratitude and the ability to learn i think that may be part of the secret sauce of every every community every DAO. um you know once you've gone through that onboarding process which i want to get back to a little bit more uh it's it's about feeling like you're part of the community. It's more of an emotional uh, connection than anything else. It's, it's your ability to relate to the people within the community, relate to the vision and to be able to, you know, jump in the DAO and, and contribute in a meaningful way without expecting anything in return. Exactly. And this is so, so powerful. And uh, yeah, you got it there. Uh, when you feel belonging, when you also feel that uh, your community is helping you grow, right? It's helping you learn and move forward and grow. And this is so powerful. 
That's awesome. Thank you, Hanabi. Um, I wanted to, this was step two of uh, kind of what you said. You said your, uh, your first step was connect with a pur purpose, which I'm going to kind of put into the onboarding process, which Zombe mentioned. And I guess question for everybody here, how do you as a community manager engage those new community members in a meaningful way and get them involved uh, at a very base level? Um, it's obviously difficult for them to jump into any uh, existing projects without really understanding the DAO, the mechanics behind it, or knowing the people in it. But how do you give them something that's very level one that they can jump in and do right away? I think there's like some small tasks that are always uh, welcoming to do and but to to engage, but it may be a a misconception on my part because I'm a very hands-on person. So uh, normally for me having having tasks like review this or give an opinion on that is is interesting but what i see for most members is having a a hall like uh when you go let, let's say i go to your let, let's imagine I, I like imagining the server as an office it's a huge office that where there is everything around and you can stay the whole day without leaving your home and the right place to do that in an office would be a hall with like those comfy chairs and some coffee where people will just go by and say, hey, what do you think about this thing that happened this week? Just like casual chats and casual convos are always welcoming so people can connect on a personal level, like listening to voices or even uh seeing the funny emojis of one another i think those this very uh informal uh not that doesn't have a goal like th those conversations that don't don't ha really have a goal but they're all about uh being there and enjoying the company of other people this is always what always feels like the best way to welcome new people in the house like just hang around and chat. Maybe there is something, someone doing some work in here. Well, you're gonna do some work that doesn't require a ton of attention. Stay in the room, see if there's anyone new. Say, jump in, I'm here doing some work. You wanna see what I'm doing? You wanna help? Uh, you wanna just talk about uh, how crazy the latest news on crypto are? I think this kind of stuff is always, uh, interesting and then if they do get in and they do engage you also having tools to to show like uh appreciation or actually uh rewarding like it doesn't have to be rewarding but it can be rewarding like i think it's always uh, welcome to have this whole flow that's interesting z um so you mentioned tools to show appreciation uh, I know we use Coordinate, and I think Coordinate is a pretty cool uh, way of uh, showing uh, appreciation through kind of a group voting in terms of incentives. I'm probably butchering that, but um, most people know what it is. Uh, I guess, what other tools have you guys seen that are great uh, for DAOs to show appreciation to their members? Um, I had a, I have a, an opinion with coordinate because I think that coordinate to be more useful, it would I don't know how to explain this, but let's, I, I, when I had to allocate my, my connotations, uh, I could, um, I could gladly allocate my, my connotations to, to you, Zook, or to Scott, or, but I, I didn't, I, I don't know what a Phaitan uh, does. I don't know what Jiggly, Jiggly Games does. I can only guess and wonder, you know, like, uh, so I think it, that's not fair because the, probably they're doing like this amazing job that is 
the adding so much value to the to the DAO, and I, I couldn't allo I couldn't allocate like a, a fair amount of connotations to them because I just don't understand what they do. And I think that it would be for coordinate to be like this really efficient way to to uh, like uh, reward people. Uh, it should the, the the information this kind of information of what uh, uh, of the tasks that all the mm, mm, DAO member uh, perform? It, it should be like. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting because I imagine as a community grows even bigger, it's probably even more difficult. I think within Coordinate, it asks you like your work group um, to start, but I even I was confused with that too, and I did it incorrectly and had to go back and reallocate. So it maybe it would be helpful to. Uh, in the future, kind of uh, either have work groups or have a better understanding of uh, a way to see what people's contributions were over proposed, I think we call them epics, uh, so you can better allocate your resources. I, I think part of the this discomfort that Coordinate generates is part of its goal uh, somehow, because it's... Uh, the fact that you don't know that well what Fightan and Jiggly uh, are doing is not a problem uh, on Coordinate. It's a general problem because we, we should all be able to find that info with ease. Uh, so I, I think it's part uh the Coordinate being uh, bound, uh, how you're going to allocate being bound to what you know that's happening is a good way to incentivize everyone to share uh, what they've been doing. So, uh, if, if how much, if, if I mean, that's a bit, I, I find it a bit aggressive to be like that. Uh, and I would love to have a, a more, uh, I don't know, um, a, a sweeter way to do that. But as we're talking between contributors that are constant contributors and are here every week and basically every day, uh, having an incentive like this for you to keep everyone on the loop of what you're doing and what's happening, uh, it, it's, it's good. So this way everyone has a good reason to be always sharing like, oh, today or this week I've done this, this and that. And you can see it here and here, so everyone is able to know if they want, because no one has to know all the time, but then you can know if you want. And I think that's important. So I think Carnip's good for incentivizing this this part. I don't, I don't disagree with you, Z. I also think uh, an interesting uh, idea and concept here, I'd like you guys' feedback. I don't know if it's necessarily to, uh, that important to know what everyone's doing. I, like, I think there's, it's very easy to want to micromanage and want to be involved in all aspects of the DAO, when in reality, we all have our core competencies, right? And if you can focus on your core competencies, competencies and trust that other members uh, or contributors are doing their part, it just kind of, it, it feels better that way. Like, for example, your, your, your husband or your wife, or your significant other, you know, you, you trust that, you know, they're going to pick up the kids. You trust that they're going to pay the bills, whatever. It's like you don't always have to micromanage that. And when you have good relationships, like, everything's just built on trust and it's a much more comfortable setting. So I'm wondering, do we really need to know what everyone's doing in order to find a fair way to... Uh, incentivize or uh, pay these individuals. Yeah, building I, I, this I trust is important. No, I don't have an answer to that question. Neither do I. <laughs> That's why I, I thought it was interesting because I, I want I want Canoe to to run in a way where I trust that Z is doing what he's supposed to do. Hanabi's doing what she's supposed to do, Akalendo is doing what he's supposed to do, and, and so on. And then we get together and we can talk about it, but if I miss a meeting and I have to go through Coordinate 
and do my allocations and I don't know what you did, like, that should be okay. I should trust that you did it, right? I think you default to trust. And then if something goes wrong, then you kind of adjust. Yeah, I think that's the, the best way to build something healthy else. We're always going to be holding each other uh, in weird questionings and uncomfortable situations. I think that defaulting to trust is, is the reason why we build trustless systems, right? Uh, we, we trust the code to manage the money and the sensible matters. So we can default to trust. Because, I mean, in, in real-world companies, you cannot default to trust all around because it's going to go sour fast. But as we automate uh, sensible, uh, some sensible parts, some, some go-to-zero parts in here, uh, we can, everything that's an individual level, we can deal with trust. So, yeah, I find that, that, that's pretty reassuring. Uh, what kind of structure you think uh, can can provide more of that? I I think reputation, like whoever solves reputation in the world of blockchain, I think uh, unlocks a whole new uh, level of DApps and uh, ecosystems that can be built. Um, I find within DAOs, and I, I'm sure Zombe and Hanabi and other others can attest this when. DAOs are looking for uh, contributors for bounties or tasks. There, there can be a lot of people that want to participate and, and add value, but how do you select the right person? How do you, how do you know that they're capable of doing such tasks? Uh, you know, if you choose the wrong person or, or if the DAO chooses the wrong person, then maybe you waste two or three weeks. So again, it comes back to trust. You have to trust that the person knows that they're capable of something. And I think at a human level, I think that's sometimes hard for people. Um, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah. Go ahead, Hanami. Sorry. I was going to say, what tools do we use to better onboard new people? Um, I have a lot of experience onboarding uh, people into my communities in Web2. But what I see with three. And Abby, you're breaking up a little bit. Is that only for me or everyone else? I think that's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, having a hard time hearing you. Yeah. What, and now? So uh, they, they would include like a small. You, was that. Did you guys have a hard time hearing her as well? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Hear okay, yeah. Um, all right. Well. Hopefully she comes back and with a better connection and she can finish that thought. But uh, I kind of want to move into kind of the last 10 minutes of this and kind of have like a closing discussion. Uh, don't want to keep this going uh, longer than an hour. Uh, Hanabi, you're, you're back. Do you want to finish that thought? So you're still cutting pretty bad, Hannah. Yeah, I think you're having uh, some connection issues. Um, all right. So, yeah, this, this talk, I hope, was super beneficial to you guys. I learned a lot. I wrote a lot of notes here. Um, I, I hope you guys felt the same. With the last 10 minutes, I kind of wanted to make it a little more actionable and just ask each person individually, uh, if you were to do one thing to make your DAO or any DAO more inviting place through some type of incentivization structure, what would it be um, and how would you implement it? And when would you implement it? Would it be something that you did at onboarding or later on? Um, question's pretty open. I just wanted to get some, some ideas flowing. Yeah, that's a big, that's a, that's a big question. Um, I'd have to ponder that for a minute. Well, I, would pretty much like to have a way to show people that what they've done is recordable and appreciated and everyone can see like you joined and you went to introductions and you told us who you are 
And then you get some points, and then you say GM, 20 days in a straight in a straight streak, and then you get some points, and then you help in a task, and you get some points. And if someday you can redeem that for tokens, or not, or NFTs, or whatever, uh, or you can just have it there showing your member experience, or your canoe points or anything like that 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 would be dope but that's that's something we don't have yet and i don't even know how would i do that but something in that sense uh gamifying the experience and being able to also upvote and downvote just like karma on reddit i think karma on reddit is a pretty interesting system uh I think this kind of stuff, like where you can do tasks and get points, and also other members give you and take points away. That's that's a system that definitely goes through uh, to me. Awesome, Z. I have to say, I love the idea of people like when people introduce themselves and like with a lot of like relevant information and saying like oh i have dev a dev background or i have like a pr background that would be so helpful like for me as a project manager being like oh i need to remember this person because when the design team's looking for help i can just pop back over to them so incentivizing people to fill out and answer like an intro in a in a fulfilling way i think that's actually a brilliant idea like incentivizing that aspect of it because that's a good way to get that rolling absolutely uh, i'll put that on i'll put that on bot ideas <laughs> yeah i mean like they're so there because intros can be can be full of so much so many beautiful little nuggets that you know a DAO can use um, whether it's just getting to know someone, like, what are your hobbies? Um, what are you interested in? Like, what makes your heart sing? I don't know. But also, like, what, what if any technical abilities you might have? So maybe once people start seeing that people are getting tipped or, you know, getting thrown a couple extra tokens or ETH or whatever it may be, maybe that will be like, oh, I just need to do one little thing to kind of... Maybe, it, like, even if they don't participate any further, that's fine. But, like, to show people that people are paying attention, I think, um, be solid. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, uh, Zombie. I think, for me, the first touch points are the most important. Um, when someone comes in, you want to know who they are, their goals are and how you can help them kind of get there and figuring out a way to you know a have them provide some more uh insight and value into what motivates them and who they are uh, and then to finding a way to quickly get them to kind of that next step some type of process there uh would be would I be ideal, I think, for myself as a community manager and I think as a DAO as a whole. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'll, 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 I'll go quick in case I lose my mind. Uh, when people uh, want to move from just being in the DAO with uh, just curious, like in the curious phase, right? When they want to move, like, for example, to Kano friends, that's because they want to contribute. Well, in that case, it would be really helpful to to have just a, like a 15 minute meeting with that person who wants to become a kind of in, in, like a friend and uh, uh, just give it them, give them, give give, give that per person like, like an orientation. Start completing. Uh, in the DAO because this we saw one of the common problems that they don't know how and this and 
Hanabi, I think we're having a hard time hearing you, you again. You have yeah, just a meeting, like on an onboarding meeting. Okay, got it. All right, Akalento, you've been quiet all day, and the meeting's kind of run its course. Do you have anything to say? Uh, no, I just I, I agree with mostly of what you guys have said, especially with what especially with what C said at the end about doing it in the onboarding phase. And I also agree with what Hanabi said about um, maybe having that 15-minute call. Once you want to jump from just being an observer to being a, a doer, like having that introduction call for 15 minutes just to be like how to place you or whatever. Um, but yeah. Yeah, especially because then you're not going to only be listening to what the people can do, but you're also going to be listening to the people, to the person themselves, like uh, how they say it and how do they answer when you ask them about it. Because being able to do something is one thing, but being able to do something in a way that matches this or this perspective of work is different so you can better understand how they want to engage because in the end the best way to engage people is understanding them personally and knowing how they want to engage because everyone is different but we have to work generical because we have to provide structure for lots of people but when you get to a point where there is one person trying to go up a level let's say an engagement level closer if you can actually listen to them in a one-on-one -on -one space or a one-to-many but where they have the spotlight uh that just makes it easier yeah. all right with that said i think uh our first learning session is done what do you guys think i like it i like it i think i think it's a nice it's nice to have these conversations. I think so too. Zombe was a nice addition. It was nice to hear her thoughts. Uh, I think as we grow, we should definitely try to get the word out a little bit more about these, and we can change up kind of uh, you know maybe have guest speakers or uh, other people. Um, yeah, I was thinking join. that maybe we could have that guy that joined the server, the one that was working on like the the web3 discord app or something oh what yeah i can talk to him and bring him on like uh canoe learns together what's after discord yeah that's yeah, a that nice thing yeah I, i've heard a, a couple people mention that discord was kind of constraining for them and like why do we just assume discord like what's why isn't there like another option? And I guess maybe that's happening. So, all right. One second, Craig is going to be living now. Thanks everyone who tuned in. If you listen this far, join our server and we'll be doing this weekly on Wednesdays. New topics every week.